listening to the Astral Hour. I'm your host, Astral Meadow. Join me as we take a glimpse into the mysterious. Welcome everyone. Today I'm joined with my friend Amanda Mary. She studies esoteric American herbalism and currently lives on a sailboat in South Florida. She is dedicated to preserving knowledge of American plants and hopes to become a resource for boaters and travelers looking to use more bioregional plants during their travels. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, stepping up when I had a guest cancel. And <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Yeah, it means a lot. This was this has been on my list. Um, having like plant medicine or herbalism since the beginning, like when I wrote out all the things I wanted to cover, and I haven't had a great person to do that topic with yet. So when you volunteered, I was like, yes, <laughs> we need this. So it's like. Uh, somehow it was like divine timing or something uh i think we just all needed maybe yeah a crash course on <laughs> herbalism this week so all right um could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your spiritual journey yeah so i'm uh <laughs> i used to live on a homestead in tennessee mm-hmm. and then um you know covid happened and so we decided to sell our homestead and that's really where I started my herbalism and we bought a sailboat. And so we're currently in South Florida and we're, we bought an antique, but she's really solid and easier for us to work on. <laughs> and she's already been around the world five times. So she knows, we know she can do the job. Right. And uh, so I, I've been studying down here and I study the more esoteric practices of American herbalism. And so, mm-hmm. and that's, really my my personal term for traditional western herbalism southern folk medicine and native american uh herbalism it's just easier to say esoteric american herbalism right right um but i you know truly this has uh been a personal journey for me because i had two extremely premature children that were very sickly and Mm. while western medicine was able to stabilize them they couldn't really heal them and um, so, and I, I saw the power of just plants and diet with my own eyes. And, you know, both of my children are now extremely healthy, very tall. You know, they're both, they're both boys, so they're getting taller than me. <laughs> 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 but um, but I, I'm noticing now that um, plants are starting to, to speak to me more, and which is more related to how Native Americans learn plants. Mm-hmm. Um, so I... I, I know I had a dream when everybody was really concerned about 5G and talking about it and trying to learn more about it. What is this? Is it going to harm us? And so I was digging really deep into it too. And I, one night I had a dream that uh, this woman came to me and she said, you need to anoint yourself in rosemary um, to protect yourself from invisible technologies. Oh, wow. So I looked up rosemary. Rosemary does there is a study out there that says rosemary protects you from like radiation. And we know 5G is the first generation that can actually permeate the skin. So right. I started giving uh, rosemary tincture out to people in a spray bottle and telling people spray it under your tongue for focus. That's, I didn't really say, hey, I'm this crazy woman that believes 5G might be harmful. <laughs> right, right, right. For sure. Um, 
but yeah, that 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 was pretty trippy to have a dream like that. And uh, I know um, I I had one other dream that I'm still trying to figure out, and uh, in it, um, a man told me I needed to remember my Indian roots. And my, my family on both sides has been in the U.S. for over 400 years. Mm -hmm. So we, we've just been here forever. And we know we have Native American ancestors, but it's we, we can't find the paper trail. It, right. It's just like we'll, we'll find their first name, but there's no last name, which is really common because those old scrolls, people would have like an Americanized first name and a Native American last name. And people had a hard time remembering that stuff. So on the official paperwork, you'll just see the first name. Right. So that part's a little frustrating. <laughs> For sure. But, but you I'm can trust that, that it's there. Yeah. And I, I feel like that was maybe more, maybe the dream was more about remembering how they use the plants, which is energetically instead of scientifically. And it does seem to work better that way. Mm-hmm. For sure. Oh. Yeah. I've had some really great experiences with herbal medicine too. Um. I feel like it's just I'm always learning new things. I can only focus on like one plant at a time because I'll start getting overwhelmed. So I keep like a yeah, journal. Yeah. And if a plant starts coming up, you know, a lot, like I start seeing it or like people are posting about it or whatever it is, like it's blooming <laughs> I'll, in my journal, I'll create a whole section just for that one plant. And this is moving very slowly, but I am, you know, trying to like not just study the plant scientifically but like how the plant makes me feel and like meditating yeah. and um that's something i've been encouraging people in our program to do is like actually spend time with the plant <laughs> <laughs> uh, we started with like the meditating with crystals and then you know slowly moving to plants and like how does it, this plant make you feel when you're next to it like it, does, does these things come up for you when you're around this plant like smelling the plant touching you know and just really getting to know it um, in a more familiar way than just, you know, dandelion root does this, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's been really cool for me. And um, I really appreciate people that are teaching herbalism and like learning it all so that they can help us organize it. Because I think so many people are into it, but it gets a little overwhelming, you know? It can. And it, it can, people don't realize it can be very specific to like personality types or what mm -hmm. you're currently going through. And it's not just the physical symptoms that are occurring. And that, that makes, that makes the medicine work better when you match it to a personality profile. For sure. I learned from my clients too, because um, some of them are very, very intuitive. And, and so I'll, um, I, so I, I have a couple of different processes to test plants and see if it's right for that person and though so they'll we'll be in the middle of testing and they'll tell me exactly where they feel it in their body and I'm like amazed because I'm like well I've only seen that written down and now this is like confirmation <laughs> for me that it really does work that way <laughs> right yeah cool. yeah people that are more sensitive I feel like it's probably a little bit easier to work with them because you're like well that's definitely what I was looking for that yep. symptom, that, that spot so yeah, that's really cool. I feel like just a little bit on homeopathy helped me look at like the energetics a little bit more of like the whole person. And I know that homeopathy yeah. is different than herbalism, but just like looking up all the weird things that go with like this one specific energy. And it's not just about like the back pain. It's like, how are you emotionally and, <laughs> you know, your childhood trauma and stuff like that. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, 
and it really does it it changes us you know and um yeah, it, does. it creates a specific energy in the plants from what I've learned like have their own energies too so just because there, there could be like 10 plants you know that specialize with like congestion but then there's 10 different types of people and 10 different types of plants for that specific thing and and um it's also unique and I feel like working with an herbalist like you're getting that whole wealth of knowledge like they've studied so much with all the different varieties it's me googling it doesn't work you know I, I like <laughs> when it comes to herbal remedies I always seek help you know from a specialist because they've done the work they know how this interacts with that and uh it's just very valuable information so yeah I um um, with uh, homeopathy, yeah, they, they tend to take on more symptoms than an herbalist will. An herbalist mm -hmm. will break it down a little bit more. Like, well, let's deal with these major systems, clear it up, and then we'll come back and deal with the more minor stuff. And whereas they try to deal with the whole thing all at once, sometimes they nail it, and, and it's amazing when they nail it. And then other times people start getting frustrated because it is difficult. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's it's difficult to be um, a homeopathist and... Um, you know, and herbalism works, it does, you know, that we have our own sets of rules and our own sets of, of laws and how those things work. And um, there's also more room for creativity and for being more spiritual and spiritually connected to the plants. And right. I feel like homeopathy, I mean, it's, it's more scientific, but it's own, its own science. It's not like Western science. Right. Right. For sure. I, I utilize both herbalism and homeopathy yeah <laughs> I like because I'm I might like ask for a consult with you after this for some like hormonal stuff and I worked with a homeopath for a year and it's just like you know it's just not getting to the root of it for me so I'm like maybe I do need something more regular than just taking a dose every few months or something um of something yeah usually with female problems um we suggest taking you know the suggested remedies for three months and okay. because your your symptoms might clear up you know within a couple of days or a week or two but you need to retrain your body and that's the whole point of taking it for three months and then like everything's fixed so we also have to warn women you're like super fertile right now so be very careful <laughs> right <laughs> that's good to know that's good to know <laughs> I'm excited to maybe work with you with that because it's it has been very frustrating <laughs> um, to to deal with that. But as far as like these little things that come up, I'll, I can like Google a remedy and it does work for things that are like sudden for me, like okay. a headache. But then yeah. like some of this more chronic stuff like I'm struggling with, that's where I'm like, I need the plan. I want to, you know, I want to work through this and, um, you know, actively participate in my healing if that makes yeah sense. yeah yeah the, yeah your belief systems also play a big big role and mm -hmm. I um I discovered that during COVID because I'm like I'm one of those people I I completely dropped germ theory I just I don't even look at it anymore because I spent many many years and I mean like a decade reading all of the literature on it mm -hmm. and um so I'm still a layman right I don't have a degree in it but I I did um, shift more towards like terrain theory and German new medicine um, and their ways of thinking and obviously our more native ways of thinking about herbs and I we didn't get sick once during that whole time we didn't take any precautions we lived very normally me my children my husband not a sniffle nothing right and 
the people that strongly believed in the virus, um, I noticed that they were getting sicker. And mm -hmm. so that made me realize, okay, the power of belief and what you believe is happening inside your body very strongly affects the outcome. So I don't lecture my clients. Well, this is my belief system. You need to believe this way too. Right. <laughs> but so, you know, I accept, I believe you because, you know, they're, they're telling me what's happening in their body. And many times I, I learn like new correlations that I didn't realize before. So they'll say this started during this time. Oh, and, and then I'll, I'll find like a correlation because I start seeing patterns in other clients. Right. So and that's, that's what's most important. Right. I feel like a lot of people forget, you know, we study like the placebo effect, but it's not just like taking a sugar pill. It's like what you think. So if you really believe you're going to get a virus and it's going to do this list of things, if you really believe that, that's sort of like working with that same energy of like the placebo effect, you, you're yeah. putting a lot into it and that belief can actually cause you to have symptoms, you know? Yeah, I believe it's called the nocebo effect. Nocebo, okay, okay. Yeah, That's yeah, nice. and, and then if you believe there's no cure for your particular ailment, then like there's nobody can help you, no herbalist, no homeopath, just nobody. Um, and so there, but there are, there is a flower essence called walnut flower essence that helps mm -hmm. you break those um those patterns and helps you break bad habits and helps you break that bond of oh i cannot ever be cured so you could think of it like breaking bad habits <laughs> right. that's awesome yeah. do, you, do you do flower essences a little too or I, just a little bit i mostly stick with herbs tinctures mostly um okay. but some herbs just work better more as a food so i tell them to drink it as a tea or mix it in their soup or something mm -hmm. um, uh, but yeah mostly tinctures Okay, cool. All right. So could you give us a little bit of background on the American herbalism and how it differs from some of the other types of herbalism? Yeah. So our um, most of our knowledge actually comes from the Native Americans and early um, early midwives. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so the, the because so the the midwives were just picking it up from all over the place. Native Americans, the Irish, the um, the African Americans. So it's really the, its own culture ended up forming, and we are the first documented um, tradition to actually use drop dosing. And that's where you use between maybe one to five. Some herbs need 10 drops, you know, instead of doing big dropper pools like the Europeans do and other, uh, uh, you know, other traditions do. And that um, by doing drop dosing, you find out like a small drop of like, let's say you're working with um, wild lettuce, a, a small drop will actually calm the, a racing mind, you know, just one between one to five drops. I'll take like three drops before I meditate just to settle it down because I have a very airy um, constitution. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and um, so, but if you take a really big dose, like say, you know, two dropper pools, that'll help with pain and um, and it'll help, help you go to sleep. Okay. That's interesting. So the big difference is like the type of dosing and um, is there any difference in like the way that they create the tinctures or anything, or is that basically all the same or? That's basically the same. That's pretty standardized. Um, there is, a, we do have where the traditional Western herbalism is the only one that I'm aware of that uses tissue states 
And so that's where you actually physically look at the tissue and you can see that it's hot, cold, wet, dry. Um, and, you know, which it, it, it really is very similar to the energetics of other traditions where they use earth, fire, air, water, kind of like a, an airbender. <laughs> like Ayurveda, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's there are our constitutions we you know we break them down into three but it, it so closely aligns with the constitutions of ayurveda that mm -hmm. most uh western herbalists will say vata pitta kapha because it's so much easier to say than endomorphic you know right <laughs> i mean these th those words are still used in our medical literature um okay. in western medicine um but i think most people have forgotten it that its roots actually comes from our herbalism traditional western herbalism Okay. Yeah, I think like in America, you know, like when you look up stuff, you, you always want to go to like Chinese medicine or, you know, like the Ayurveda, but it's like we've forgotten that we have our own, you know, special plants here and like we have our own history. And I feel like, you know, it's not really taught. So it's like in a way almost disempowering us because we feel like we have to go outside of our own country, maybe even to study yeah. healing, you know. But yeah, really, that's totally a, true. Yeah, we are like full of medicine, you know, mm -hmm. all over the place. So we actually have more remedies for female health issues than any other tradition in the world. And and I feel like that actually comes from the Native Americans because they honored their women more than other oh, traditions wow. ever did. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there's there's we you know, there's so many herbs that it's specific for women and, and nobody else nothing else <laughs> well I've got that's where I've got a lot of the issues for myself so I'm very lucky that there's healing there so yeah oh yeah there's definitely healing there for sure yeah. um which is a good segue into one of the herbs that I wanted to talk about today is okay. uh false unicorn root and okay so that, that one's actually a southern plant and so you can you find it up in the the green mountains um it it's actually more common and easier to find than unicorn root but they both have very similar properties and so many herbalists consider them interchangeable okay but that one is is very very gentle um it was used by the natives for a very long time they still use it and so it's very all-encompassing so if you have amenorrhea which is where your, your period of stop or is very scanty or if you're just bleeding too heavily or you get like a lot of inflammation and bloating um you know it's it's very good for just normalizing uh the human uh, female reproductive system but um it's also kind of it's very gentle and it's very slow so it's usually paired with another herb mm -hmm. so you you knock out what are the big major symptoms and you choose the herb for that and the person's constitution and then you would pair it with false unicorn root and that makes like a more complete picture okay so when you mix it with something else that kind of makes i don't know adds to the energy a little bit or maybe makes it work yeah yeah so or... you, it, it makes the the herbs very individualized for that person so right. we're not it's not you know, I don't really like going off of formulas. I know that's very popular now and that's what everybody wants. Mm -hmm. And and it's good for beginners. It really is, you know, because you're not fully understanding why are these herbs all being mixed together. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you decide you want to be a master, then you start learning 
how to make those combinations for your clients. All right. So it's kind of like an art form at that point where you're, yeah. you're blending and mixing or even like, I th- it made me think of astrology, like when things are conjunct and now they're blended and it creates a whole new energy oh. uh, that's very like specific to the person with that conjunction. It's, you know, so it's different than having something, you know, three houses apart versus having them zero degrees or something. So. Yeah, I think about, though, the conjunctions all the time when I'm, like, blending paint. And I'm, like, when I try, when I see that in someone's chart, I'm, like, closing my eyes. I'm, like, what would these two energies look like mixed together? And then how does that shift based on if, you know, these other planets were together, you know? So it just, it takes, like, a lot of meditation and uh, just you have to be a little creative, you know? And I feel like as an herbalist that intuition and then that creativity comes into play and now you have a really special formula yeah for a person you know that might be totally different than someone that has a very similar symptoms but like a different personality or something yeah yeah exactly like uh you know i didn't write down blue vervain from the list i sent you but that one is very specific for personality types because it's very relaxing so you give it to somebody who maybe has tmj or like neck issues or Mm -hmm. um because if you can relax the muscles oftentimes that can cause the pain to go away so there's no pain relieving um you you know there's nothing in it that relieves pain it's just causing you to relax and that Mm -hmm. just that act alone can make the pain go away but it's very specific to personality profiles so these are like type a personalities you know they're Mm kind of wound up already and their muscles are always clenched up and (laughs) like this is this is about me isn't it (laughs) when I was looking at some of the herbs I was looking at that one and I was like oh my gosh I think I think this might be it because I was like I'm gonna get with her and tell her I'm really stressed I'm really tense uh, my neck is like always tight. I, I had a trampoline accident a couple years oh, ago. Oh no. And it was just I did a flip and my neck got jerked around oh. and which is kind of like a whiplash thing. Mm-hmm. And now if I eat any kind of inflammatory foods at all, my neck will tense up. And oh, so I was wow. like, I need to message her about that. I've been thinking, I'm like, maybe I need to get a tuning fork or so I'm like, I just need to relax it because like it really does all kind of start there. Definitely have TMJ and all of that. So I feel like that whole okay. sounds like me. I'm very, <laughs> I guess, type A too, where I'm like, I just need to be able to relax and, you know, yeah, not yeah. think so seriously all the time. And Yeah, it's difficult for type A to relax. because you feel like you have to be busy? You have to be doing something. If you're unproductive, you know, you're wasting your time. It's hard to just whew, calm down. <laughs> no, I right. get it because I can be very type A. Yes, yeah. these metaphysical practices have helped me so much with that because I just, you know, it's almost impossible. Like, if I don't have some kind of outside help, whether it's a plant or some yoga or meditation or whatever, if I'm just out here on my own, I'm a spaz, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the practices really help. And the plant medicines are so discomforting to me, you know. I've, I've utilized some different things, um, and I wasn't even aware of just how deep the plants can go like like when I lost my father I worked with someone that really helped with and she had created this thing for grief and it really did help me process the and I was like I didn't even think about plants doing this yeah but before I took that remedy I could barely even talk about it Mm -hmm. and I was just breaking down and it's not that it took the grief away but it was like something about the plants like made me feel like held (laughs) 
And um, and like when I lost him, I felt like I kind of lost my whole support system. And I was like, I just really need a hug, you know? <laughs> and uh, so there was, I, I don't know everything that was in it. I feel like it probably had like Mother Ward or something like that. Yeah, that one's a really good one. Yeah, and it just... It really did. It sort of was like initiated like that next phase after grief. Cause I mean, it's not like the grief ever stopped, but I was finally able to just, you know, accept it. It's like I, I didn't even accept it until I took the herbs. So yeah. it was really good. I, and I think some people forget. They think, oh, I have to have like a physical symptom for plants to help me. Mm-hmm. But it do- sometimes it is emotional, you know? Yeah. Oh, so, no. I definitely, I deal with mental health. I studied under, uh, I mean, this man has not written a book and he needs to, but he teaches classes. He's written books on like Irish um, uh, practices, which I have bought, but he's, I think probably the best right now in the field when it comes to mental health and using herbs for it. And his name is Sean O'Donohue. Okay. And uh, yeah, I've, so I dealt with a case that the, he kept going to, you know, uh, doctors and they kept giving him pills and it wasn't working. And so he had like his emotions were all over the place and, you know, suicidal thoughts and, you know, and it was really dangerous for him. And, you know, the pills w- would actually make things worse and not better. And so, yeah, I applied what I learned from there and, uh, you know, gave him a specific formula for his symptoms. And within three months, he really didn't need it every day anymore. He was seeing people for who they were instead of having anxiety controlled and cloud you know, his perception of the world and, um, you know, depression dramatically declined. And, um, and I ended up slightly altering the formula, which he now only uses just every once in a while as needed really. And, and it was just to declare up some of the more minor issues that we could now see because the major issues were, you know, toned way down. (laughs) So I, I mean, that was really incredible to to witness that for me, because, you know, you're always told that, oh, mental health, this is permanent. This is who you are, you know, and it's, that goes more back to breaking those habits. Um, But, you know, it, it was more than just like, if you're dealing with emotions also correlate to different organ systems. Mm -hmm. So anxiety is really connected to your kidneys but it's also connected to anger to out to the outside world which a lot of people don't talk about because usually when they say anger everybody thinks about the liver right and uh but liver can be more anger towards your family mm-hmm. when there's in your household or you know other family members that um but you know that's what i personally noticed um but yeah it can be more generalized anger um it's agrimony is another that I wrote down for you yeah (laughs) it's a good segue into that one but that one's for like unprocessed anger um so you know that the person will have they're they're scared to show their feelings because it's very intense they know it would scare people off and so they very rarely show that anger and they have like a false cheerfulness about them so you'll be in a serious situation and they're like way too happy (laughs) for what's going on (laughs) right and that's usually a sign okay this person has unexpressed anger and agrimony will help them deal with it and that that and there's usually other signs going on with the liver dysfunction and the liver just it's like the secretary of your body you know it does so many things and it's very complex and so many so many systems have to deal with the liver um 
that we don't think that maybe liver dysfunction is causing a person's anger. Right. Yeah. I, I, it was really profound when I discovered that certain emotions were correlated with the certain organ systems. I was just like blown away. And then like anytime I have like a really intense emotion that might not be something that's like regular for me, I'll go look it up. Like, what is this correlated with? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I've been having pain in that area or whatever. <laughs> and uh, it's like the body is and the spirit are like constantly trying to have like these conversations with us. And it's giving us like these little hints, you know, and it might start out as like, like frustration and then turn into an actual like physical thing, you know, but it's like, I feel like in the way, like the body is just trying to get us to recognize it and say, hey, these yeah. emotions are leading to this. And it's like bringing this, is it disharmonic? I don't know if I, that's a word. It's messing with the harmony, you know, within the body and anytime it's not like in that flow stay in like sort of there's like these blockages and then so the energy like can't move yeah but it's like it's it's in within like that organ system you know so like yeah. fear has its own it's fear of the lungs oh uh, that's grief grief is uh, the lung. Okay. Yeah. okay yeah yeah I feel like I definitely had more of like asthma and stuff after losing yeah. my dad I developed an insane amount of food allergies oh like two weeks after he passed, I became allergic to the top eight food allergens. And I was like, you can't tell me that grief somehow wasn't correlated. I haven't fully figured it out, but it happened during like a traumatic experience, you know? Yeah. And my I, body uh, responded. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, you know, that's totally, totally right. I noticed a cor correlation in my clients with um, trauma, like active trauma and uh, mold allergies mm. and so I you know went back to my classes and you know Sean Donahue he he did um confirm that yes that is a thing I've never seen this right down anywhere mm -hmm. and so and he, and he gave me some pointers on how to deal with that so because you want to go back and heal the adrenal glands um mm -hmm. which traditional herbalists actually view it as part of the kidneys Okay. Um, because it sits like a little cap it's like a little cap on <laughs> right. but it controls so many of our hormones stress hormones and our you know sexual reproduction hormones and inflammatory hormones and just all of them right so yeah a lot of the time so it makes sense because if it's also producing histamines and you're under a lot of stress so it's also producing cortisol that all of those symptoms go back to the adrenal glands Right. Yeah, I think sometimes we think about just the sex hormones and we forget about all of the other all the other hormones that our body are, is constantly trying to create or regulate or whatever. Um, we get kind of lost, I think, in just thinking estrogen and testosterone. Yeah. But it like it keep it, there's a lot going on there <laughs> beyond yeah. just those two with like the cortisol, the cortisol and stuff like that. Yeah, I'll tell um I see a lot of women with androgen dominance in their, and they're like, what? Because we weren't learned that, we, we, weren't, <laughs> we weren't taught that in school. And, you know, that's um, a hormone that is used to create other hormones, but it's still produced by the adrenal glands. And so if it produces too much, it has to go through the liver. And that's a really difficult 
uh, hormone for the liver to break down that and testosterone and they're because mm -hmm. they're considered more masculine and so when when your liver is struggling to break down those hormones then we start getting side effects right too many hormones are floating around in the body right for sure for sure so um let's see is there any other herbs that you want to get into yeah uh solomon seal i uh i very i got more intimately got to know that herb more intimately recently because i a few weeks ago i actually fractured my wrist and mm. it's mostly healed right now there's still a little stiffness in there um but i used comfrey root um pulses and i drank the tea to heal the bones in there and it healed it very rapidly i, I mean had i gone to a doctor i'd still be wearing a cast right now right um and then but i felt like once i felt like comfort group did its job because it even dealt with the pain it dealt with the inflammation it was like amazing i didn't have to take one pain remedy mm -hmm. um but uh now i've switched to solomon seal because i need my muscles need their strength back and it it's also really good for like the tendons in your hands um it i shockingly it helps with pain i've never seen that written anywhere but i noticed 10 minutes after i rub it in it feels better mm -hmm. so I, I i think there's some sort of pain reliever about it because i'll also uh suggest it for people with like back issues like whiplash um it'll be part of the remedy um it's also very healing for the gut there's a long list of gut issues that it, it will actually help with it just it just repairs them it's almost magical really and um we don't have a lot of science on it because that was one of the herbs that was lost to us for a very long time and jim mcdonald actually dug it back up when he went and spent time with the ojibwe uh natives which they're up where he is around the great lakes and and in canada mm -hmm. so he's been really spreading it by mouth and it's just been spreading like wildfire so you don't really see it in any books um you won't you can and now if you do a specific search for solid and seal it will come up for you mm -hmm. um, but if you're typing in symptoms it doesn't come up for you <laughs> right you have to already kind of know what you're seeking to find yeah. information. is there history on like the name of it being solomon seal or yeah so it that one is a really old famous herb um that goes back thousands of years because mm -hmm. the Appalachian Mountains um, during Pangaea lined up with a lot of like like Scotland and parts of Africa and so those mountain ranges are actually all the same and so we have a lot of plants in common and so Solomon seal originally came became famous over there with that particular name because it does have other nicknames mm -hmm. um, because when you cut the root it looked kind of like the seal of King Solomon. Um, okay. It has like an inner band in the middle and there's like a lot of dots. And then when the liquid oozes, it does give that kind of mystical feel to it. And uh, King so it was said that King Solomon, God gave him a ring to help battle demons. And mm -hmm. he became very famous for that. Um, that's not really written in the Bible, that part, but Christians were very aware of it, of that mm -hmm. tradition. Um, that the Hindus are also aware of that tradition, but they use it a little bit differently. Right. So, yeah, but when you cut it, it is cool to, to look at it and, and you can see it for yourself. Yeah, I might have to look that up. I 
was looking for like amulets not too long ago and I was trying to like figure out how to bring in more like Jupiter energy because I'm very Saturn dominant and Jupiter's definitely not in like the greatest positions for me so I was like maybe <laughs> when like I'm feeling like I need to bring in more of that good energy of Jupiter I could wear this pendant so I started looking into it and it was like the seals of Solomon and all of this stuff and I was like oh. I, I, I had I didn't even realize that it was a thing you know but apparently a lot of people um wear the seals of Solomon for like different like protection or um just w there was like seven I think maybe 12 of them that had like different properties and I was just like wow this is a whole rabbit hole <laughs> yeah so yeah. I was like messaging my friend who is really good with Hebrew and like I'm like can you translate all these symbols for me? <laughs> so, yeah oh yeah that would be interesting I would like to learn more about that because it's you can see the correlation with the plant because it's for people who feel like they need more protection and mm -hmm. when you look at the plant so it droops over and the and the flowers kind of hang off of it like underneath as if the flowers are being protected from from oh. the leaves and that you know making those kind of physical correlations with plants um to to physical elements is called um doctrine of signatures okay so yeah when you correlate um the physical aspects uh, how the plant looks to to what the plant does it's called doctrine of signatures that's interesting i know that there's some people that like look at you to sort of figure out what's going on they'll look at your tongue or they'll look at like yes the way you walk like I've had someone be like will you go walk for me <laughs> um and there's different things about like the physical body like the way that it's viewed even like face structure and stuff like that where you can actually it's like helps them I guess diagnose or see maybe where their their the energy might be a little off Right. So I think plants too, they have that same kind of makeup where you could look at the plant and if you really thought about it, you would say this really looks like that and it probably corresponds, you know, in some way. Mm -hmm. So do you do any of the physical stuff or you look at tongues or anything? I'm very heavily reliant on tongue diagnostics. So I usually, um, I do all of my client um, consultations through Zoom so I asked them to send me pictures in advance, but in, in natural lighting. And um, so I look at the top, the side, and the underneath, and it lets me know what organs or are um, unbalanced. And then I can also tell their constitution type just by their tongue. I don't, it, it, I'm not as fluent yet with um, facial diagnostics and neck, mm -hmm. but I can do a little bit. Um, right. So, like, I know if they're having breakouts, like, right around here, it's probably estrogen dominance, things mm -hmm. things like that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely stronger with the tongue diagnostics. And I I actually, because I'm not able to practice, um, you do pulse diagnostics through Zoom meetings. I actually have the person do it on themselves to test plants, which I don't know of any other herbalists really doing that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I... I'll actually have them like feel their pulse, describe it to me, and I'll give them words too, because this is very new for people. So does it feel fast, slow, hard, soft, you know, just very basic words. Mm -hmm. And then I'll have them write down on a piece of paper the plant. And so then they'll hold the plant and then they let 
and then they feel their pulse again and then they'll let me know how that feels to them and a lot of people also get physical sensations sometimes they feel more stressed sometimes mm -hmm. they can feel the herb traveling through their body or or they suddenly they relax and they feel better and all of those are important indications and that goes back to the energetics of a plant mm -hmm. and it's amazing that it can work just by writing on a piece of paper and some people are so sensitive all they have to do is write down the piece of paper stick it in their pocket and then you know that works for them it doesn't work for most people you know most people still need to get the tincture <laughs> right yeah i've had a couple symptoms that will come up here and there and i'll just sort of think about it i'm like what 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 herb would be good for this I'll go through the list. I might Google some things. And then I feel like just naming it, I'll already start feeling better before I go make the tea. And I've, I've even said it to my husband before. I'm like, it's really weird because my headache already feels, <laughs> it already feels better. And I haven't even started the peppermint tea yet. So it's like something about it, just like acknowledging the plant in itself. Yeah. It's like my body's like, oh yeah, she, she figured it out. <laughs> I can stop sending out all these signals now. <laughs> right, right. So that's so cool. I, I had an acupuncturist one time and she would always look at my tongue and I, I she never explained to me what she was doing. So I'd be like, I'm sorry if I didn't brush my tongue good enough today. <laughs> She's like, I'm not, I'm not looking at your tongue brushing. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't realize that there was like so much going on there, but that's super cool that you use that in your practice so yeah i'm pretty heavily relying on it because symptoms are i because they can match so many different plants but then if i see like oh the kidneys are lit up I'm like oh okay so now and that gives me a very firm direction on on which way to go right that's so, so really anatomy cool. is still important <laughs> right for sure and that's you know, once again, when we were talking about like specific remedies for a specific personality or a specific person looking at the tongue, that's going to give you more of that individual insight versus just the symptoms that they might be experiencing. So that makes sense that it would, you know, give you a little bit more of, you know, a view of what's going on internally. So. Yeah. All right. So we've talked about... Some of these other ones have we talked about the blue flag iris no and that one that one's a really difficult one you can't buy it on the market so mm -hmm. you have to go to foragers okay. um and you know usually local foragers they're they're giving you top quality anyway that's usually where i buy all of my tinctures and herbs because mm -hmm. like tinctures work better when you're working with fresh plants um they're more biochemically active mm -hmm. <clears throat> excuse me Whereas if you go to a uh, a big company, they're actually using dried herbs. And that's mm -hmm. fine, too, because they're also able to get the organic certifications and people feel better going that route. Right. Um, it, it still works, but your medicine will be stronger or your herbs will be stronger if you go with a freshly made tincture decoction. Mm -hmm. And so that one you have to go to local foragers for. And I do have a couple on my list. And I'll, when I send clients out an email, I give them links on where they can buy herbs. But they, okay. they're not required to buy it from them there. But Blue Flag Iris is really famous with Native Americans, especially in the north, um, because that's where it grows uh, out in the woods. Mm -hmm. And that one works for like leaky guts 
I had a long list of other ones, but it's probably more famous for that one specifically. And it can actually also help with the thyroid. It, when I look at its profile, it has a lot in common with uh, black walnut because black walnut is also healing for the gut mm -hmm. and for the thyroid. And that's that. But that one's a more southern tradition. Right. So but I for like leaky gut, I do rely more on iris than for black walnut and black walnut more for parasites and thyroid issues because it's just so good with thyroid. Mm hmm. And I so think someone that, that had like a nut allergy could go the other way with the iris. Yes. Yes, they could. Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't really heard anybody make that correlation, but it's, I, I noticed a lot of commonalities between the two plants and it's still, it's still used by the Native Americans up north. Mm -hmm. And it was before the ADA came in during the fifties and decimated herbalism. Uh, it, it was really commonly practiced by herbalists all throughout the country. Everybody knew that plant. It was really sought after. Mm -hmm. So did that for that particular one, are they, is the whole plant have medicinal properties or is it just the flower or the root or? Yeah, that one, they use the bulb. The bulb. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. My daughter's name's Iris and, uh, I've always just felt really drawn to irises, but I didn't, I've never thought about them having medicinal properties <laughs> obviously all plants have something but you know some of them aren't necessarily for us or whatever but um oh yeah the homeopaths work with a lot of poisons and <laughs> and animals like apis is a bee <laughs> but you know it works and sometimes right. there is a couple of homeopathics that i have um that i'll recommend just because it's very very specific you know, mm -hmm. like if you wake up with puppy eyes and, you know, allergies and stuff, I mean, that's, that's apis, right. <laughs> you know, that, cause it mimics a bee sting. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, but obviously I do have a lot of, um, allergy remedies that I can recommend to somebody, but if something works, I'm still going to recommend it. Um, right. which is kind of a good segue into lobelia. Okay. <laughs> that one, that one, that one makes people nervous. Um, because when you look it up, it'll say, oh, this is poisonous. Same thing with blue flag iris. Oh, this is poisonous. Mm -hmm. And what people really should be saying with both of those herbs is they're emetic. And we've, we've really lost that that used to be considered a healing modality. And emetic means it causes you to vomit. But sometimes mm -hmm. you need to vomit, you know, mm -hmm. to feel better. You need to get the bacteria and whatever's putrefying in your guts or, or poison even and, and puke it out. And, you know, people won't realize that they had a gut issue and that's why they felt so bad, but then they feel amazing and they have all this you know, new energy. So I don't, I don't use it in that way because I don't think people would appreciate me saying, Hey, I need you to go vomit. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, if you're vomiting, the body's responding. So that is yeah. like with homeopathy, all of that's good. Like if you take a remedy and you go vomit, then it's working. <laughs> like, that's a great sign, you know? <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> right. Yes. Oh. But that one is um it used to be very famously used for uh uh asthmatics. So it's great at controlling asthma, mm -hmm. um, anaphylaxis. Um and that one you really if you're gonna use it, go that route instead of an EpiPen or including with an EpiPen, you need mm -hmm. to find out what your tolerance level is. So you keep taking a little bit and a little bit more and a little bit bigger dose until you puke. And so, you know, the dose right before that is your tolerance level. <laughs> right. So you just write down that, how much. Yeah. You I might look into that because 
because of my food allergies, I've never hit anaphylaxis, but I do carry an EpiPen that I've never had to use. But uh, I just decided to not do the insurance thing anymore because I don't ever go to the doctor and it was costing like as much as my rent. So it was, Ugh. you know, it was a big choice. So I'm like, I still carry the EpiPens because I, I think they take a while to expire. But I'm like, it would be nice to have an herbal thing, you know, as like just to have on hand, you know, or just to feel... Because it is an energy, so I feel like if I just know that I'm supported, I won't ever go into anaphylaxis. <laughs> um, because I've just never had it happen. You know, most of my allergies are, like, more mild, you know. But I did have a doctor, and she was basically like, yeah, you could you could just, uh, even if you've never went into anaphylaxis ever in your life, you could just always, it, it could happen at any point, you know. And that was, like, really fearful for me. <laughs> so, uh Obviously, fear is not a good thing for the body, you know, so yeah. I carry the EpiPen just so that the fear is in check, even though I don't think I'll ever need it. But, um, you know, that's cool that there is plant medicine for that, you know, because some of those EpiPens are really expensive without the insurance. Yes. And it's actually based on a flower from Chinese medicine, but our government has banned it from our our use. Mm. So you actually have to go outside the country to get better. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and it's because, and it kind of goes back to if you take too much, you know, you, you can, you actually, that, that one's one of the ones that you really can hurt yourself with because right. it does, you know, EpiPens give you that big boost of adrenaline. Right. I mean, you can die from using an EpiPen. I mean, because yeah. you can have a heart attack. So, I mean, like there's danger with pharmaceuticals too, you know, I think people kind of forget that. Yeah, there's. There might be a couple of plants that are dangerous with, with certain amounts, but it's the same with pharmaceuticals, you know. Too much of anything is not great. Um. No. No. <laughs> a lot of these herbs are misrepresented online, too. Mm -hmm. And I, I really feel like, you know, it's important to, to seek an herbalist and have mm -hmm. them guide you on how it's going to work best for your body. Because so many things are labeled poisonous. Like bitter melon is labeled poisonous. But that right. one's great for diabetics, especially if their medication is not working for them. Obviously, if it's working for them, I don't, I don't touch that area. I just right. let them be. <laughs> um, sure. But yeah, if their if their um, diabetes is out of control and it's not controlled at all, then I'll recommend bitter melon. But I have to walk them through it because right. I I can't have their levels dropping too quickly. You know, I have to make sure they're testing often. They're in communication with their doctor, and you know, the, mm -hmm. all, all of those things are very important. Right. And then checking back in with you. I feel like sometimes that is more important. You know, you, you diagnose or whatever, you help them find the plant, but then you want to check back in in a little bit and make sure that they're still doing well with it. And if they've had like new symptoms or something, um, anytime I've worked with an herbalist, I'm like, if I have anything come up, I'm like messaging them. Like, <laughs> like, I'm not trying to be a spaz, but this is a new symptom. I just want to make sure that this is normal. <laughs> <laughs> like you got uh, like don't want to like you know feel like a hypochondriac but um you know it is important <laughs> to reach out because I'm not an yeah. expert you know so I'm like yeah I have some clients are so sensitive usually um like Solomon Seal if you take a big dose it, it's actually technically also uh, anti-parasitic mm. and but I was just having because I could tell that she, her body was just so overwhelmed and I'm trying to ease her into the herbs. And so I just said, well, let's start with three drops. And so she started it and, and, uh, no, it wasn't Solomon Seal. I'm so sorry. It was Golden Seal. <laughs> okay. 
one of the seals. <laughs> yeah, it was actually golden seal. So I said, we'll just start with three drops and we're just, we're just going to ease into it. Cause that's a really powerful plant too. Mm-hmm. And so she messaged me two days later after starting. She said, um, I'm pimping out parasites. <laughs> <Right. Like>, Whoa. <laughs> right. Usually you need a bigger dose for that. She was just really sensitive, but no, I confirmed that. Okay. Well that's normal, but now we need to add in a binder for you because we want to make sure your body's getting cleaned up properly. Right. Yeah, I'm very sensitive to herbs. Like, I always start with, like, a smaller dose because, like, sometimes that's all I need, you know. But I did a parasite cleanse, and normally she might do a full dropper. I think I I started with, like, three to five drops, and I was like, uh, I feel like I'm losing my mind. Like, but um, apparently sometimes when you attack them, they... (laughs) uh create like havoc within you and it mm-hmm. it really messed with me emotionally okay so yeah. it was like like all this I feel like I was like more aggressive but like it was like an, an internal aggression and I could feel them like these living yeah. things inside of me were pissed <laughs> at me it's so I, was, I it was a really hard you know battle and I call it a battle because it was like a year of my life that I was doing these cleanses on and off with a with an herbalist and um and I'm you know I feel great now but anytime we would start again I would be like oh no I don't want to do this (laughs) (laughs) so you know but I had read like links with parasites even in cancer over time you know and like like tumors and like some of the like the fungal stuff and the parasite like it was all kind of like going hand in hand and a lot of the people in the parasite groups I was in had had cancer and did these cleanses and actually somehow doing the cleanses the body could now like heal from the cancer and so it was like just the parasites sort of taking over it was like the body was constantly trying to work through that and it couldn't even get to healing like the tumor or whatever so that was a whole rabbit hole (laughs) I'm of the mind now because I just after working with parasites for so long that -hmm. they're actually there to clean up dead tissue and something that's already wrong and heavy metals within the body. Because if you do a heavy metal cleanse, the parasites don't come back. Right. Right. For sure. Because some people, they have to do it like every six months. And, you know, that tells me, okay, we're not getting to the root of the issue. We're just cleaning them up, but then your body's inviting them back. And, and right. so when you switch your thinking on parasites, instead of nature's the enemy, I need to keep nature out. <laughs> yes. Instead of, okay, why is my body inviting the parasites in? And mm-hmm. then you address, okay, I have either dead tissue somewhere that needs like proper blood flow, mm-hmm. or I have heavy metals that need to be cleaned up. Right. So it's almost like in a way it could be more symbiotic with them. Yeah. Like they could be... You know, if you keep them at to a certain number, because we all have them, right, in our bodies mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. But um, I started drinking, like, water kefir and just really focusing on healing my gut. And now I don't have to do parasite cleanses anymore. And I don't even feel the crazy symptoms. But it did. It forced me to change my diet. You know, it forced me to, to start thinking of and even fear because I had associated fear with the parasites. So, like, I took a whole class on fear, <laughs> And how to process it. And um, and I, I looked at the parasites as like sort of like the messengers that like I was being too fearful and like somehow they were correlated with that. So when I 
when I eliminated my fear of them and like my fear of just everything, like the world, you know, my anxieties and stuff, the parasite stuff stopped, you know, (laughs) but I had really interesting. I had cleansed a lot. Like, so, um, but like, I'm just not afraid of them anymore. Right. And that was good. But you, you know, you spend a year battling something and it does is it'll strike fear in you when you hear the words. Oh yeah. 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 My, uh, my youngest, he, uh, he he struggles with autism, and mm-hmm. I noticed he would get parasites pretty easily, um, mm-hmm. pinworms, and he knew the symptoms when they were coming, and, you know, usually most antiparasitic herbs are actually really bitter, and right. <laughs> he won't take a lot of the stuff that I give him, unless I promise it's sweet and it tastes good, And <laughs> uh, but he will actually ask for that one when they come. It's the only time he will ask for bitter herbs. He knows it works, and it'll just be one and done, and... <laughs> It's interesting because I'm definitely on the spectrum and struggle with the parasites too. And I also struggle just with detoxing in general. Yes. Like I feel like some people can cleanse like really quickly, but for me, it's like, it's like painful. It's really hard. It's like I'm very, it messes with my emotional health and all of this stuff. And um, so that's interesting when you said that he's more prone to that. Cause I feel like maybe there is something to just like being a little bit slower, like with the detox. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's an issue too. It's, things are putrefying in your guts and it's not being eliminated yeah I can see that attracting parasites for sure right and I went to this apothecary and she like had you like close your eyes and like touch a you know pick an herb and when I picked it she was like are you feeling bitterness honey (laughs) and this was around the time I had uh you know started the parasite cleanse so that's actually interesting that there was an association with the bitter you know ah, I, I I hadn't heard of herbalist doing that method that's interesting I'd like to see that in action <laughs> right yeah it was a, a part of like the fear class I took so she okay. she was like having you basically make your own tincture based on your intuition you know and and yeah. she would kind of talk to you about the plant that you picked but I was really hoping for like this pretty plant you know and it was like I mean, I don't remember what it was at this point. It's definitely bitter. It wasn't pretty at all. It was like the like boring looking and it smelled weird. And I was like, I guess this this embodies what I'm going through right now. <laughs> so, but it was fun, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. When it comes to mental health, I have to ask people what their goals are because like I might think, well, this is where I would want to be, but some people are like, No, I'm not ready for that. You know, I have to, I have to ask them because like, you know, something like wormwood, wormwood is not, it's super, super bitter. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you take just like one drop, usually I tell people just one drop a week and it can actually bring up old trauma so -hmm. that you can process it, but not everybody's ready to be dealing with all that kind of stuff and, and do that, that deeper work. Right. That's interesting because there's definitely wormwood in that parasite thing and it did bring up. (laughs) I mean, that that might be why I was having such a bad time. Like, I would have, like, panic attacks and stuff from it. And um, a lot of anxiety. Like, kind of chaotic anxiety. Like, where I, I would just, like, curl up in a ball <laughs> and just, like, want to scream, you know? And uh, a lot of times, especially even with, like, some of my autistic traits, I can, like, contain them. But, like, this was, like, I was just rocking back and forth. I was just, like, this isn't good, you know? So, this is why I would contact my herbalist all the time. I'm, like, I don't know if if I'm ready for this. But I had an insane amount of childhood trauma. And so, bringing up 
those wounds is harder for me. You know, I've done more therapy now, so I feel like I would probably be better. <laughs> but at that point, it was really hard. Yeah. So it's definitely you yeah, want to have doing a wormwood. No, that one is a it's a is a tough one. I don't push that one on people, and it it is good to be with a trauma therapist. Mm -hmm. I feel like but more than the other types of healing modalities, mm -hmm. because you, you you it's not enough to address. Okay, this happened to me. You actually have to learn how to process it and let it go. Right, for sure. I've had such a, I guess, beautiful. I could say now it's been a beautiful journey with just with the herbs, with the homeopathy, with the, with the therapy, you know, with the meditation, like all of it combined. And I feel, you know, like I'm more myself at this point, but I actually did take like each of these little things to help bring me into harmony, you know, and, um, where I can just face things. And I'm, I'm not so afraid, you know, I used to, if I had like like, if my breathing slowed down, I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm having an asthma attack and I'm dying. And then that would give me an asthma attack. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, it's been such a, a journey for me. But um, I definitely believe in the power of plants. And um, I think that they're like our allies and they're here to work with us and help bring us back into like that natural state, like one more connected with like the earth vibration, you know. Because with things like 5G and with all these sounds and the frequency, you know, it, it pulls us out yeah. of our natural vibration. Like if you if you go like lay in the woods and you're just listening to cicadas and there's running water and all, I feel like you don't really need so much <laughs> of the plant medicine because you're yeah. like you're immersed in it. And so like it's taking care of you from the outside. But when we live in these cities and we lock ourselves in our apartments and we don't get any sun and there's no natural sounds, then now it's like we have to bring it in to our bodies, you know? So it's I feel like true. that's where tinctures are really great. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, there's a, I, I, I love some of the old sayings on that. Like if you don't get enough sunshine, our ancestors would keep you know dandelion on hand because or calendula and it's to remember the sun is how they put it but we now know it really helps with a lack of it, it's not so much it's when you're not getting enough sun exposure really because the body can produce vitamin d just from um the fats that we store within our body mm -hmm. but you know we don't always release it or access it and i I suspect that that's what those flowers are actually doing is helping us um, process the fat in our body to make that important vitamin D. Right. And the dandelion already kind of looks like the sun. So I feel like yeah, it does. just looking at it makes you remember, you know, like maybe I need to go and get some sunlight <laughs> while I drink there, this dandelion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is happy and cheery. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um Let's see. Do you have any books that helps you um, at, while you were learning that you might be able to suggest for uh, our listeners who want to look more deeply into herbalism? Yeah, I have any. I really love Matthew Wood's books, and that's who I take the bulk of my classes from. Mm -hmm. And but his stuff really is really advanced. You know, uh -huh. I have his pulse diagnostic books and things like that. So the, I mean, but if you just want to learn and do everyday things, I recommend David Hoffman's book. Um, it's uh, the complete herbal book is what it's called. Um, Herbs from A to Z. 
Mm-hmm. And it'll, and that one, it, it does get a little bit more in the formulas, but it's great for like you, you need to understand what ailment's going on. So it describes the, the processes that are going on and it does get a little bit into choosing herbs. He doesn't really get into energetics, which is fine because that's kind of more advanced. Mm-hmm. And he also lets you know, don't take this herb while pregnant. Don't do it while breastfeeding, right. you know. And with herbs, the reason why you don't want to take certain ones is because, you know, they, they'll they induce an abortion. And that's the big concern. Right. We're not so concerned about, like, deformities or anything. Right. Like, like Western medicine. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. It might, like, relax the uterus or something too much to wear. And yeah. I recently just bought, um, let's see, Matt. What's his name? Yeah, Matt Kaufman's book, uh, The Herbal Medic. And that's because, you know, living on the sailboat, I eventually want to travel the world. And I'm like, okay, I really need to get better with basic first aid. Like, I'm good with the everyday stuff here. But whether something major happens that I've never dealt with before. And, right. man, he's got so many great survival, herbal survival tips in there. That that one was really great. Okay. I, I definitely, I learned new things in there. And he's, he's heavy on the formulas, too. But I, I understand what he's saying. And uh, that one, and then I had one other one on my mind. Oh, I bought Phyllis D. Light's book, um, Southern Folk Medicine. And so if you're more interested in how the people up in the Appalachian Mountains practice, as opposed to traditional Western herbalism, which is what most books are actually on, Mm -hmm. um, I highly recommend her book. Because that one actually, instead of going by like, the tri-dosha systems it actually goes by your moon sign and uh-huh. so like i in both vedic and um western charts my moon sign is actually in libra so it's very airy and that's mm. um yeah and i and i very much embody the airy constitution type right <laughs> so but um and and that really helps you with picking plants because they all have an element attached to them in southern folk medicine that is fascinating i definitely want to look more into that because i'm a capricorn moon and i i feel like it is kind of dominating but i also have a stellium in the house with my moon so it's like a lot of capricorn <laughs> a lot of earth <laughs> yeah very earthy yeah so i, um... I have air too um like with a lot of aquarius stuff but i would say i struggle more sometimes with the earth energy because it just makes me you know, like a hard to deal with. It makes me really kind of stubborn and set in my ways and um, yeah. harder to evolve or whatever. So um, that's definitely where my type A probably comes in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we, we need earth people because they, they tend to be, um, you know, they're doing more with their hands and we need people working with their hands and creating, well, because I always see like your beautiful embroidery and that's very earthy right there. <laughs> right. And yeah, I do like to pretty. do like natural images and stuff. So that, you know, I didn't think about that. That's really cool. So yeah, I'm constantly yeah. creating new things and other people will be like, how are you doing this? I'm like, I don't know how you're not doing this. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> it's so natural for me to just constantly create, but then sometimes I I don't want to create you know that's where I like want to bring in more the the Jupiter right like sometimes I just want to have a good time and not be efficient and you know not be thinking about my next project and uh, that's where I would like maybe need some plants or something to help you know 
tone me down a little bit or maybe add some like water to the hard earth and like moisturize it a little bit you know? Yeah, I, you know, uh, a couple thousand years ago, the, all herbalists were also astrologers, and that's actually where astrology started. And so, I and, th and that's actually on my list. I want to take a class from Judith Hill. Actually, she has a whole school now. She's really expanding. But Mm she's hmm really a true master in that art and one of the few actually teaching that discipline in this country. mm So -hmm. she and she teaches it from the traditional Western herbalism viewpoint instead of like Ayurveda or the other ones. And so I, Right. I feel her work's really valuable. And you know, she's older, so I gotta <laughs> I gotta get in there soon. I um but she's she likes simplifying things, which I really need when it comes to astrology. Because Right. I have a hard time with Western and she does teach it from the viewpoint of Western. I um Vedic is easier for me because there's not all those crazy lines going on. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> like I can look <laughs> at the chart and read it a little easier. okay. Um, so, but, but she's come up with her own system to simplify things. And she's really like a, a big advocate for, you should be able to just look at the chart and know what's going on. Like you can see something's going on with the spine and you know, to look there and you know, other such issues. Right. I definitely haven't got to the, the health aspect of astrology, but I know that there's, it, it goes really deep and you, I have heard a little bit with like astrology being correlated with plants and in nature and like you should plant certain things around certain times. And uh, there was a lot of that when I was studying Steiner and his like biodynamic farming and, and I was like, I had no idea. <laughs> He's, yeah, he's really advanced. Not everybody can understand Steiner's work. Um, usually people start with Culpepper. That Okay. book has been, that's the longest, that book's been in print almost, uh, for the longest amount of time uninterrupted. The only other book with that kind of history is the Bible. Okay. And so, and Culpepper, he, you know, that book was printed in the 1600s, but he does associate the plants with the planets. And so... when people want to start digging into that, they usually start with Paul Pepper, but his language is very old fashioned and <laughs> you'll spend a lot of time looking up old words. I love that though. I really, I love like opening a book and taking notes and not knowing what they're talking about the whole, you know, cause that's, that means I'm having to research and learn new things. If I'm reading a book and I know everything they're saying, I'm really bored by the Yeah. first chapters. <laughs> like, you Yeah. know, this, so yeah, Yeah, that's if the whole world thought the same way I did, I'd probably be pretty bored. I, I do need to be challenged a bit. right. Yes, for sure. Um, is there anything else that you would like <laughs> to add before we wrap it up? um, well, I mean, I, I do do consultations. Um, people can go to my website, uh, innersunherbals.com. And, uh, I, I don't know. I've been thinking a long time to actually change that name because people get so confused. It's Inner Sun is the art, archaic name for the the third the third stomach chakra, you know, because Mm -hmm. that's where the sun and the heat from your body is. So Right, the it was solar called the Inner. the Yeah. solar plexus. Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense to me. Yeah, Okay. but they're like Inner Sun, what? And they, and it's like confusing. So, <laughs> but you can go to innersun.com and uh, slash, you know, Uh, book now and um, you can book an appointment with me right there and I do everything through Zoom Okay, so you can work with anybody because we have listeners in 40 countries. So <laughs> maybe oh somebody wow will in a different country can message you too. So that's kind of cool. But yeah I'll I'll put your link uh in the description so that they can find it easier and oh 
I had no idea your audience was so large. <laughs> it's not that it's large. It's just that we have, you know, it's in a, a lot of places. So um, we have about like the same amount of listeners every time, but they're just really spread out. I think it's kind of a niche audience. So, you know, it's like we, we have like one or two of us in each city. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. The, the world couldn't handle like all of us being in one place, I guess. So. <laughs> I had thought about that with, um, you know, because some people are just more in tune to the earth and the way it works and it does seem like we're very spread out but i have wondered if god did that on purpose because we mm -hmm. need to spread our light in that area you know who else is going to do this work <laughs> right it's like we're we're like holding the vibration for like our whole community or something just by yeah. existing within that community and having the thoughts that we do it affects like the collective you know for that area yeah. so it's kind of yeah. we're, we're special you know we're <laughs> That's right. Your audience is special too. <laughs> yes, we're all we're all doing the good work. So, um, all right. Um, uh, thanks so much for doing this episode with me. Uh, I really appreciate you stepping up. Um, when I had someone cancel, but I it was just such a happy, happy, sad thing. You know, I was like, oh no, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to find somebody. But then it was just like, oh, there you are, and you're like ready for <laughs> it, and it was so amazing. So, um. It was divine timing. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. And thank you all for tuning in. Check us out next time on the Astral Hour.